Thank you for listening to another episode of Today on SNTR Presents. And today we're talking about a game called Six Days in Fallujah. What is the controversy around this? And if you're listening to this in the other locations, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. We have these discussions Monday through Friday during the day. It's like a radio show you can interact with. I read through the poll responses and then do a 10-minute video. Now, I asked the the stream today six days in Fallujah should the game be released why or why not and we got an 86% saying yes and a 14% saying no out of over 600 votes now if you're unfamiliar with the controversy I'm gonna give you a very quick flyover just so you're oriented to the to, to the discussion I'm about to have as I read through these responses in 2009, the company behind this was attempting to make a game about the the battle in the city of Fallujah during the Iraq War, and they named it Six Days in Fallujah. They worked with men uh, and women. I'm not sure if it's actually men and women, but I'll just say that to be inclusive here. They worked with soldiers who were there to assist in both the execution of the combat, layout of the city, and the homes, and whatnot. They interviewed men and women and soldiers who took place in the battle and that was going to be dispersed in the in the actual game kind of similar to Band of Brothers if you ever watched that mini series the interviews would be dispersed throughout it they wanted the story to be told some of the soldiers even said that they felt video games were one of the best ways to uh, sort of transmit and 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 show what these sorts of situations were like I was also told this morning that citizens of uh, Fallujah were also interviewed and would be included. Uh, During 2009, when the game was sort of in production and uh, we were looking for publishing, uh, Konami was going to publish the game. Within nine days, they backed off because the American news press really highly criticized it. They had people who had lost family members in the battle and they were saying that they thought that the game would trivialize the severity and the seriousness of what happened. Now, I am not taking a stand in that battle. That's not my interest. My interest is simply asking the question, when should stories like this be told? How should they be told? And are video games a good medium to tell these stories? This is not the first game that has attempted to retell a historic fight, battle, or war. Uh, it's just very, very close in proximity, which is more than likely one of the reasons it was met with criticism in 2009. They are now slated to launch in 2021, and it is being met with petitions to not launch uh, and and be being met with uh, people saying that it does it should not be available uh, to the public. So that is your too long didn't read summary to kind of orient you to the conversation that we are about to have. I am not interested in, okay? having a discussion about particular wars or fights or historical events and who's right, who's wrong, who's been depicted accurately and who's not been depicted accurately, that is not something I am interested in doing because we're not going to sort of sort out the unpleasantries of world history right now. That's not my goal and so chat's not going to go there and if the poll responses go there I'm not going to really commentate, okay? So, Without further ado, I'm going to start reading through some of your responses here. Uh, Andrew says, The moment that we become too sensitive to engage with history is the moment we are doomed uh, to repeat it. One of the tenets, I think, that is important in this discussion is at what point do you determine the severity or the sensitivity of a subject means it should not be a a story told. I don't think anybody would ever say that it's a story that should not be told. I think one of the main issues that comes up in this particular uh, subject is that it's a video game. 
Um, I know Saving Private Ryan was met with a lot of criticism at the time as well. Um, just not something that should be told. Uh, but there's a long history of books, plays, and movies that depict uh, the atrocities of world history and bad things that have happened. Again, I'm not interested in the accuracy of those stories, but it is something that people feel should be told, and they feel that the medium of books, plays, and movies, and oftentimes like miniseries, TV shows, is a great way to convey those stories. There's a giant difference between someone telling you about storming the beaches of Normandy and you seeing it in a cinematic experience. Now, obviously, you got to be careful watching stuff like this if you have a history with it, because it could be very, very uh, upsetting and activating for you if you deal with any of the things that the brave men and women have, you know, faced as they've come back from combat. So they would need to understand that as part of their journey through life, that may be too much for them to watch a movie like that or to consume a game like that. That does not necessarily mean, though, that these things should not be created. I don't think that's a disqualifying thing especially in a lot of these instances the soldiers from these battles and wars willingly participated in in in, uh, interviews and testimonials and they are okay with the story being told um so and i do think that historically speaking there are clearer instances of when something should have happened you know this this required you know militaristic response and then other times people can get in debates about should we or should we not have intervened and that's why i think sometimes it gets muddy because more recently it's it's less clear about the the the, the fights and the wars that have taken place and that's why i'm not interested in having that debate because so much of that is either ill-informed by the media or ill-informed by our own ignorance. We weren't there. We weren't a part of the briefings. We weren't a part of the decision-making. So our our knowledge is limited. So within the scope of particular fights, battles, wars, cities, whatever, should we or should not? That, that I'm not interested in that discussion, but I do think the fact that there is a discussion about that is because... That that's that's actually in in the mix here. That's one of the reasons that games and topics like this become so controversial because there are people on either sides uh, of those issues, and that's where the friction comes from. the The basic statement of we shouldn't have been doing whatever to begin with creates that friction, and that's when the, that's when some of the controversy arises. Not to mention people who lost loved ones in the battle might say you're turning it into a form of entertainment in a video game that's very disrespectful and trivializing there's also a tension there because there were there were men and women who were in the battles in the fights who took part in the project and want the story to be told so there's a bit of a there's a bit of a friction there of like well who gets to say whether or not the project happens i i i don't get to weigh in on that i didn't lose a loved one in fallujah and i didn't fight in the battle either so I sort of land on that particular question as if there was a person who went and fought in that fight and came back out and they want the story to be told and they willingly part like partook in this project in this game I want to respect their wishes to do that and not try and silence that um, and that's I think what most of my my stance on the issue is kind of summed up as uh Pepper Onion Soup says, Games are games. If we start to censor it, then we need to apply it to all media. Uh, 
this is generally true. I think this is generally true that you don't want to start saying what stories can and cannot be told. I that that gets you into I think touchy murky waters. I think that gets kind of murky and that makes it more difficult to know what's appropriate and what's not. Um you know, in 20 years, will there be games there might even be games like this right now where you're on you're on the Titanic and you try to survive, okay? Some people might look at that and say, that's in poor taste, that's awful. Why on earth would you turn that into a form of entertainment? I do think there is a line that is subjective, but there is a line of respect that can be crossed in retelling some of these historical tr- stories and atrocities. And it's difficult to create sort of a blanket, oh, blank check. It's art, it's video games, and nothing is sacred. I actually think that can be just as dangerous as trying uh, to to quiet it or to silence it. Um, I, I, I don't think you can just hand video game companies a blank check to be like, yeah, you can make a video game about whatever you want. There are horrible things in world history that I don't necessarily think you would want to turn into a video game. Surviving some of the worst things in history, you more than likely know what I'm referencing, surviving that and getting and, and being experiencing it I don't necessarily know if certain things are off li- I think certain things might actually be off limits um, too uh, too outside of the line too beyond the pale uh, too grotesque to turn into something that we consume with our minds and our eyes and our and our you know and our and our and our feelings and our emotions like you're holding the joysticks you're holding the mouse keyboard whatever um, that's tough that's tough because I can't be I can't be hypocritical and act like oh no 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 that story's too bad you're not allowed to tell that story um, I I do think there's a line that could be crossed here as a matter of like that's super disrespectful to turn that to to turn that into a, into a, into a video game and that's probably where people are right now their line for disrespect is maybe closer. Uh, to a game like this than mine is. Mine might be a little bit further down the line. I'd be like, well, you know, this is not necessarily over the line. There are people who probably think it is over the line. That's why the petition exists. So we're all different. We're all going to land on this differently. And the best thing to do is to voice concerns and criticisms in an intellectual and respectful way. And if the public is swayed enough, as, as Upper Echelon said in his video, we live in a corporate world, right? The corporations will be swayed by public opinion often often um so if the public opinion is won over by your position if you make a convincing argument and your petition gets a bunch of signatures the corporations that are seeking to make a profit here will say this isn't worth it okay this isn't worth it so it's not a form of censorship it's a form of the public saying we don't support this we will not consume this we will not buy this we will not cover this and the company could say this is now a loss for us right this is this is now a a loss for us therefore we're not going to do it so i am not sitting here condoning quote unquote cancel culture but if you think a product cuz that's what a video game is at its core it's a product if you think a product should not come to completion and be bought and sold you can react as both the market as well and and also as somebody with a voice 
in the public um you're completely in your right to do that i think it gets a little bit different when it's call to action let's take this down let's shut them down uh let's everybody should you know sponsors should pull their support no 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 no. i think there's a distinct difference between saying i will not support or purchase this product i don't think it should be created that's you speaking as a consumer that's not necessarily uh that's not necessarily like a call to action or brigading for something to be damaged do you see the difference it's hard to see the difference it's really really hard to see the difference um but i think that difference is actually very important in the in the in the current sort of world that we live in um I feel like the petition is getting companies and even trying to get governments involved to censor the game about what happened. I think it's a disservice. Right. That's where I think things are maybe going too far. There's a difference between, again, voicing your opinion as a consumer and then withholding purchase as a consumer. That's not the, quite the same as brigading and trying to get uh, essentially a form of censorship enacted uh, in, this, in this particular situation. So... Um, Next response is from Quad. There are lessons to be learned. There are stories to be told. I agree with that. Teddy uh, was saying he was passionate about this. He was having an MRI today, so we hope he's okay. Hope everything's going well for him. He said, gaming media has the ability no other media has. It can put you in that place, situation, ETC. The immersive nature that a video game can bring, drawing you into the emotions that the soldiers felt, I think it's important. Uh, a good defense of the medium this is something that struck me when I watched a video about this was that um, the soldiers that were involved in the combat said they felt like one of the best ways to tell the story and to communicate the the magnitude and the chaos and the, and the, and the combat they said not that they didn't say the best way one of the best ways they feel is with a video game and again as a civilian i'm just going to trust them with that and say okay if you think that then i'll consume the game i'll check it out i will uh and and obviously i i typically make fun of and kind of mock games this one in particular I think I'd be more somber and respectful. I don't think I, I don't think I would do that as a content creator. It's kind of my shtick. That's kind of something that I do. I think in this particular situation, I would not do that. Um, and that's rare for me to kind of maybe even kind of suppress a creative aspect of what I do. But I'm going to trust them and say, "All right, if you say if you say that, then I have to trust what you're saying." As someone ignorant to your uh, experiences and to a certain extent I'm grateful for their service but I'm also grateful for their transparency and their insight it's like I would never know about this thing I would never be able to experience it from the safety of my home without your insight your input your willingness to talk I absolutely loved watching I would never rewatch it uh, it's it that's that's tough that's a tough thing to rewatch but I I, I just loved band of brothers what a treasure to have those men while still alive telling us those stories like that's a gift like they didn't just go and do something and face something terrible they came back and gave us a gift and said we'll we'll talk about it we'll tell you 
how it was what it was like and where we were and what happened with different people that's a gift to us to be able to hear like oh my gosh like anytime if you've ever listened to like an old person talk about their life that's a gift man i actually actually hated the idea that there were there there were people that would interrupt old people i'd be like around uh people and they would be very very like they would like cut cut like an old person off and i'm like you never interrupt an old person no absolutely not i like put a guy in his place once i was like because i was helping an uh, an elderly man when i worked at at and t and he came over to assist and he interrupted him and I pulled him aside later and I said, don't you ever do that ever again. I said, if there's an older person and I'm helping them, I said, don't you ever interrupt them. I said, that is completely unacceptable and disrespectful. You listen when they're talking. They've earned that right. Especially when they're telling a story. Oh, I eat that up. I eat it up. I love that. I love hearing those, uh, those stories because it's you don't have access to that. It, it's, it's like a living history book to, you know, to 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 get access to the fact that like somebody that lived through the depression somebody that went through uh the explosion of a of an industry and they were a part of it and they worked at a factory or something like man industries were just booming back then what was that like what was what was this like what was it like watching you know the the moon landing or anything else like i i don't know to me that's a that's like a gift to be able to like hear that and it's never like Oh man, yay! Story time. It's like there's a. I think there's a respectful sobriety that needs to be kind of had. Um, whenever, whenever that kind of a thing is happening. So, yeah, you know, for for me, that's where I that's where I come from. And other people might look at it differently and just be, you know, I have um, this subject has kind of come up before with people that I've spoken with, and they don't think, uh, they don't they don't actually think that 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 things that are violent or like that we shouldn't be able we shouldn't be seeing that and putting that in our brains and i actually to a degree disagree with that um i think it can be very very uh helpful to be like oh my gosh this was terrible um i think some movies and stories go too far too grotesque too you know it's almost creating an infatuation with violence that's not something i'm i'm necessarily in support of um so from an old person I want to say thank you (laughs) uh yeah I just I don't know that was always something that really really set me off it was like I actually take people being uh people interrupting is something I'm usually very sensitive to I don't like it I interrupting uh Mike Rowe talked about that once he said something about um it's a choice like interrupting or tardiness um you're choosing to be tardy you're choosing to interrupt you can choose not to um so, uh, yeah, I, I take it very seriously, especially when it's an older person. I'm like, you shut, you shut your freaking mouth and let them talk. <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> so, uh, next response on here from Real King Salty. As long as the respect is there of what happened and everything is done accurately, then it will allow people to have a more in-depth and possibly more sincere view of exactly what happened. I highly doubt the devs are going into this with an attitude of disrespect or disregard the severity of what happened. Uh, they interviewed uh, the... Now, somebody told me I'm saying soldiers and I shouldn't be saying that. I should be saying marines. I, again, was going for generic. I didn't know... Is that is that 
You're only what well, your soldiers are in the army, and you just call what Marines Marines. Sorry, they didn't. I was not intending disrespect. I was trying to avoid saying men the whole time because it's like I don't know if they interviewed women who were also in combat over there. So I was trying to be inclusive and wasn't meaning to say the wrong thing. So if it was in fact uh, Marines, they interviewed uh, Marines and citizens that were there. Uh, citizens that were there. I think that says a lot that they were, you know, that they were willing to do that. Um, if you're debating semantics, then yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, again, as a civilian, I, I see a soldier as like all-encompassing. You're, you're military. You're a soldier of the military. I don't know. I feel like that's all-encompassing. A Marine, you know, Semper Fi and all that would probably be like, no, 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 uh-uh. It's not the same. Um, what are marine soldiers? I think they just refer to themselves as marines. I don't know. Uh, so, I, again, I meant no. I meant no disrespect. Um, it was it was a general term that I was using as a civilian. Uh, it's a commonly used generalization that civilians use to speak on military members. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I I I have the utmost respect for the you know for the military. We I did I actually did specific interviews with veterans that were part of a charity stream that I did. My dad loaded B-52s. Uh, my one of my grandfathers was in the army. Um, I have relatives that were in the military. So, uh, members of the armed forces. Well, I I don't want to say the same thing every time. So, when I was in the military and medical field, many of the patients I worked with were elderly. I took every moment I could with them. Many just needed to have someone to listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in any case, in any case, the fact that they interviewed the Marines and the citizens to me that said a lot that at the very least there was an attempt to be respectful and somber about what happened I'm not saying the game's perfect I've not played it what I'm saying is it seems to me that the intention of the developers is to is to actually portray things in relation to what they were told by the people that were there um so, uh, <clears throat> anyway, that some of this just comes down to trust. Um, I'm, 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 I'm trusting that we're, we're getting, we're getting to a degree, an honest depiction of what happened and not a maliciously deceptive or misleading depiction of what happened. Um, there is a level of trust there cause I don't have all the facts and I wasn't there. So this is the, um, I had a phone call with creature about this last night. And I think there is a distinct difference between a game like this and a game that creates almost a John Rambo persona at the center of the game. Right? So to me, there's like a spectrum here. Okay. There's a spectrum of, an attempt to retell a historical story and events and um, Wolfenstein. Okay. I think we can say that. I don't want to get down into the muck and the mire here. I'm still staying up high. Okay. I'm still staying up high. I'm not getting down to the, the, the nitty gritty details, but I think there's a spectrum here. There's a difference between, you know, BJ Blazkowicz and like how they portray him as like a John Rambo, sort of the Duke Nukem. Yeah, I'm tough. Right. And and that centers around a particular, you know, force that he's fighting against, okay? And it's hyperbolic, and it's, 
It's exaggeratory and violent and tough guy. There's a giant difference between that and what I'm seeing from this game. So I feel like there's a spectrum. Now, Call of Duty is probably somewhere in the middle because they go to historic sites and historic battles, but they don't necessarily get into specific persons or specific details of events it's a little bit more generic and you play from like all perspectives battlefield was that way when you played from all the different perspectives of all the different you know all the different members of the military and and that again was probably closer to what six days in fallujah is attempting to do now when i go all the way over here to an attempt to retell a historical event there is going to be artistic liberties taken within there there will not be one-to-one quotated accurate like eyewitness reporting because that's not what they're doing so there's going to be a measure of it that doesn't necessarily line up perfectly with reality does that make you does that make sense so um this is a subject close to my heart i served in kosovo uh, C- Sierra Leone two tours of Iraq and Afghanistan as a royal engineer in the British army uh, it gave me PTSD and I hid for three years until I got therapy well good for you first of all thank you for serving and good for you for taking care of yourself that takes a lot of guts uh, it's, it's, it's not a weak person that gets help it's a strong person I stopped playing Call of Duty games as Modern Warfare it did actually trigger flashbacks as for game as a medium to tell this particular story there is no real tasteful way of portraying warfare it's a horrible business it can be used as a learning tool so that people can see how horrific conflicts are and that for the player uh, to thank their lucky stars they don't actually have to do it themselves that's right I can experience it and and say holy moly thank thank god I never had to do that I never had to go through that because someone else did and was and was willing to stand on that line and I didn't have to um, and rather than turn a blind eye to it and act like well I don't want to know about that I I personally think that it's from where I sit I want to consume it and hear about it at least once I typically don't rewatch this these types of movies and games because I don't want to re I don't want to do it more than once which I think speaks to the severity of it like I don't have an annual Saving Private Ryan watch I just don't I've watched it maybe twice I think maybe the third time through I like watched it infrequently it was like on in the background it's just something that it, I don't know like I rewatch Lord of the Rings on a regular basis why well, it's, it, it's, it's good for my soul I just it's good it's a good story right some of these stories I just that's that's my approach personally there are people who might annually watch Saving Private Ryan there are people who probably never watched it and never will there are people who will never touch these games there are people who will play them and be like eh it was boring and throw it over their shoulder everybody exists across that sort of spectrum of what what level of consumption and exposure do they want to experience with regard to such serious topics so that's up to you as an individual more than like a standard that can be enforced. Noberto, I feel that as long as the story is told as close to the real events, then it's fine. I understand the fear of this event being glorified or trying to silence it completely. It's like trying to pretend it never happened. Uh, good points. There's there's sort of two extremes here, isn't there? There's two extremes. There's the you, you could completely trivialize it and turn it into, you know, like, just 
junk art that makes light of it okay and then there's to act like it never happened and try to suppress anything any any stories coming out any interviews any movies any books tv series or video games there's two extremes isn't there one attempts to use it for profit in a very underhanded nasty way uh and and is it's trivializing it makes light of it it's there's an there's a lack of reverence right there's a lack of reverence that certainly is an extreme i think the other extreme is shut it down don't ever talk about it no one we we should never we should never consume anything about this i think both of those extremes can potentially meet in the middle and we can have a story that is told from place of reverence i think the interviews speak to that um and hopefully a place of accuracy and honesty i think the interviews lend some credence and lend some trust I'm not saying by by their their telling of the stories hook line and sinker. I'm just saying it lends some credence to honesty and and authenticity, and uh, and then to push against the idea that oh this is too bad we shouldn't consume this. I just am always going to respectfully disagree with that. I, I think some of these stories should be told honestly, even if it's even if it doesn't look all that flattering on the people that we want to see as Captain America, right? We 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 want. We want our we want our, our our men and women in the armed forces to be to be you know hailed as heroes, and not all stories are going to paint them that way, in the in the chaos of everything that's taken that's taken place. So, and I know that's one of the reasons why some some stories and and some and some tellings of stories have been um, criticized, boycotted, or whatever. So, I actually have not watched Dunkirk. No, I wanted to. Um, it's very difficult for me to watch movies. It's very difficult. By the time I'm kind of done with my work in the evenings, we don't have a whole lot of time. We usually stick to shows uh, so we can watch the show, like one episode or whatever, maybe two, and then go and then go to bed. Um, so. Uh, is there some sort of trick to showing my badge color? It's showing blue in chat, but my membership page shows purple. Sometimes, Old Soul, it's a... Um, it's a caching issue, so it, it should fix itself within a day or two. Your browser is still holding the blue image as the cached image, and eventually it'll get replaced. So, Scorpion says, Any censorship is bad. The more information on a story, the more we can learn and become better for it. Uh, to a degree, yes. To a degree, yes. Okay? To a degree, yes. I, I, I want to be careful here to not necessarily label this as censorship. Um, I think there's a danger and there's a risk of sort of turning everything into a censorship, cancel culture, um, you know... I don't know. I, I I feel that our we we've got we've we've unfortunately established an instinct to a certain degree of every time something like this happens, we want to use the buzzwords, right? Um, we want to use the buzzwords of cancel culture and censorship, and then eventually somebody starts talking First Amendment, and I. Here, here's the thing. I worry that we use those terms so liberally 
and I'm not using the term liberally in a in a political realm. I'm using it as it as it existed before that. <laughs> um, like when they tell you to use a liberal amount of shampoo. I always thought that would be a really really funny joke, right? Some people are so conservative when they grab their shampoo bottle and it says to use a liberal amount, they throw the shampoo bottle away. <laughs> I, I thought of that in the shower one day. Anyway, um, I I don't I don't really have a, a, a side in that fight, by the way. Any in any case. You know, I think we use some of these terms too liberally. They, you know, oh, it's censorship. This is censorship. If the general public of consumers speaks loudly enough, publishers and companies that are interested in return of investment will say, this is a bad investment. And then the game doesn't get funded. That's not censorship. It isn't those guys that were making the game were still well within their right to go into the public and tell their story and to try to get funding. They were well within their right to do that, okay? So, um, I'm about to put the kickstand on the other side of my bike. I'm tired of it leaning left. That's good, that's good, that's good. <laughs> that's a good one. That's made in That's made in good uh, Good humor and good spirit. I like that. I like, uh, I like people that can take a dig at themselves, you know? Um, whether, whether wherever you are on the political spectrum doesn't matter to me. Um, I I have actually always said that whatever side you're on, you'd be surprised how much that Venn diagram overlaps with the people that you think are your enemy because they're they're generally not your enemy. You know, if the guy across the street voted for somebody different than you, you would probably be shocked if you took anonymous surveys how much that Venn diagram overlaps. Um, you've been convinced that that guy across the street is your enemy when truth is. He's probably an unwitting ally and just doesn't know it. Um, anyway, that's beside the point. That's a bigger subject. Um, yeah, you know, throwing around censorship and throwing around, this is First Amendment, this is cancel culture. In, in general, I think in a lot of these discussions, those terms get misused. Um, I think they get misused. And I think it really hurts the conversation. It hurts the conversation because in this particular situation, we're talking about the general public trying to stop the game from being produced. And that you could consider is an act of censorship. The, um, the petition and the attempt to leverage a governing authority to shut it down. That is censorship. People speaking out and saying, I don't think this should happen. My personal beliefs are X, Y, Z. I will not be buying this game. That is not cancel culture or censorship, okay? You're well within your right to say, I am no longer going to consume or support XYZ product or video or whatever because of the things I've learned about the company. You are, you are well within your right to do that. There is a difference when you brigade or you attempt to call to action or you attempt to disrupt a business. That is different. And it we're going to become... As a, as a counterculture, as we're, as we're trying to counter the cancel culture, we're going to become more effective when we can slice that, like, slice that bread. Does that make sense? There are times where you want to say, this investigative report just discovered this organization is corrupt. I'm going to promote this information, and I will no longer be supporting that organization. That's totally fine. You're well within your right to do that. That's not the same as brigading and saying 
everyone should stop supporting them their sponsors should drop them they should be they in, we're going to try and disrupt their business relationships both through back channels and through the public no no no, no hang on a minute hang on a minute no 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 you're you're crossing the line you're now do so, you're now doing something that is civilly actionable you're attempting to brigade and call to action and disrupt a business that's not the same and most people can't slice the difference either they're too ignorant too stupid or they don't care they don't see the difference you are within your right to send a tweet that says the microtransaction in game x are bad and awful and predatory and blah 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 and i will not be buying that product okay you're well within your right to do that you start you start reaching out to publication sponsors and companies that work with that game and you attempt to disrupt those business relationships with calls to action and brigading ah that's different that's different now you are attempting to disrupt the business and that's the difference and it gets really muddy because twitter has made one very popular it's very popular to brigade and call for the disruption of someone's livelihood and business people think that that's great they think that that's awesome that's a victory they they celebrate it right they they celebrate that there there were people that celebrated and applauded uh, when i lost my purple platform channel why because that's what they wanted they wanted me to suffer financial harm and business disruption they brigaded for it they pushed for it they used their platforms to call for it to happen it's civilly actionable it's not the same as saying I will no longer support or work with this guy you personally will no longer support or work with this individual or this company right so in this particular situation it's just like with my situation I don't like when people start throwing around terms it's like well, come on now come on when public outcry happened in 2009 and the publisher backed off that was not censorship that was not censorship that was public outcry public voicing of opinion and the publisher says whoop whoa we're risk averse we don't like risk we're not backing this project that's not that's not censorship so we I, I and I'm not necessarily saying that, that the person that left this comment is saying that we just have to be very very careful in how we approach these subjects because if everything is cancel culture and censorship and all my first amendment rights you're muddying the waters like everything can't be that everything can't be that just like everything can't be harassment and assault right using actual terms that hold weight and hold like legal meaning go talk to any you know police officer those things it's important to use those words accurately it's equally just as important to use these words accurately accurately as well so I've, I've been trying to push back on that because like every time my situation comes up or a situation similar to me or even this game six days in Fallujah comes up people want to start throwing around these terms and I'm like doggone it no you're, you're clouding the actual discussion with with words that I, I find to be uh, unhelpful and, and overused um New features for premieres. Uh, host a live pre-show 
with live redirect. Start a live Q&A or play trivia with your fans before watching the new video premiere. What's new with premieres? With countdown timers... Oh, you can have 1 to 10 minutes of countdowns now on premieres. Set up a trailer to build excitement amongst your fans. Your cliffhanging previews will turn your video premiere into a can't-miss experience. Yeah, if I could just make a live stream a premiere, I could then do that. That would be in, that'd be incredible. Hopefully we start to get some better features there. It doesn't sound like it's much different than stuff that we've already been able to do with premieres. They've just given us a little bit more tweaking. If we could do live direct to another channel that we own, that would be incredible. That would make the gaming channel just take off. Um, so that's what I need. I need to be able to live redirect to another channel that I own. I can only live redirect to the other videos, other other premieres or live streams on this channel, and that's not helpful. I need to be able to live redirect you guys to gaming. That's what I need to be able to do. And right now, when I scroll down to live redirect, I can only do it to my videos. So, and, and I can't set up a, a, a live stream as a premiere. I can't do it. It's not, it's not possible. So, if I could do that, then I could potentially, um, uh, um, if I, if I could set up this as a premiere, then I could set up a trailer for it. So, I can't do that. So, hopefully they continue to push features like that forward so those of us that live stream over here can be empowered to really, you know, capture and keep the audience more effectively than we currently do. It's very, very difficult. Uh, live streaming over here is actually very challenging. Um, uh, yeah, I can't reach out to that person, Trey. <laughs> Uh, Necro, I believe it needs to exist. It's important for stories to be told, good, bad, and indifferent. Uh, this is how we learn. We have uh, depictions in books and movies. Video games are no different. Many struggle to see video games as a respected medium for storytelling. That's ultimately what this comes down to if you really think about it. If they were making a Six Days in Fallujah miniseries, on HBO with all these really cool interviews that they did no one would care nobody would care now once it releases you might have people criticizing omission or bias or whatever that's gonna happen no matter what okay that's gonna happen no matter what that might happen okay but right but people don't see video games as a respected medium for storytelling they don't they see it as oh Little kids do that. 13-year-olds, 10-year-olds, blah, 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 blah. This is just Call of Duty, right? And, you know, I I have a hard time faulting them for thinking that. <laughs> I have a hard time faulting them for thinking that. Video games don't exactly have this luxurious history of telling super honest, raw, great stories. They don't. They don't, okay? Most video games are silly, frilly, fun. That's it. That's 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 essentially what video games have been for a very very long time. Duck Hunt, Super Mario, GoldenEye, whatever, Call of Duty, Halo. They don't have a track record for being a respected medium for storytelling. That is changing and that's why this conversation is important to me. I think uh, a game like Hellblade has actually been helpful to me. I love playing that game. That game is very special to me. Uh, the dialogue, 
the 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 process that Senua goes through it hits home with me. I get emotional every time I play it. The last time I played it, I was an absolute train wreck at the end of the stream and just shut down. I just shut the stream down and I was just like just weeping because it just it was so powerful. I can't have that experience in any uh, with any other game. Right? And that's why I'm looking forward to Hellblade 2. I hope that they continue to tell, you know, a very good, serious and very uh, excellent story. Um and so that that's that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for for the sequel. And again, I think that's a new development to a degree to a degree, that's a new development for me. I mean, be honest, okay? Those of you that are all like, yes, the story should be told. Yes, video games are great for telling stories. Be honest about the fact that that's even probably a new development for you. That's not something that you traditionally thought in years past. That's something that you have come to think um, now. You've you've arrived at that conclusion. Um, that's not something that you've thought for, you know, forever. You've, you know, you've played the right game, read the right article, or watched the right video, and you've become convinced that, like, no, you know what? This is actually a great medium for storytelling. One of the most immersive, you know, one of the stronger ways to tell a story or depict a story. So. Uh, Christopher Wright says, Telling stories and letting those who have no idea what takes and the overall toll it takes on my brothers and sisters, uh, to me, their stories need to be told I think if it was just a if it was just another video game and they were just telling the story boom boom action hoorah hoorah no 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 no. I I would be a little bit more hesitant the interviews really kind of changed my mind you're not going to be able to play this game passively and be like ah like I, I hope the interviews aren't skippable I hope they don't let you skip them you know if you're actually going to play this game, you should have to sit through the, the interviews. You shouldn't be able to play this as like just another action game shooter. I believe that the art uh, should be respected and to a certain degree, you know, not make you, but like, no, you can't skip this. This is too important. This is part of the this is part of the 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 authorial intent is that this thing should be watched. This this interview should be watched. So, um, we're going to do the 10-minute talk. If you're listening to this se- this session, it's a little shorter than usual. You can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the six days in Fallujah controversy. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, or you're watching on my other YouTube channel, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. That is where we do these live streams and discussions. Uh, as well as our breakdown of lots of other games and gaming topics. So be sure to check out sntrlive.com. It's usually linked in the description below. So I wanted to talk about this because, and I wanted to stay at about 30,000 feet. So if you're listening to the audio version, you already heard like the 45-minute talk going through the poll, going through the poll responses, and interacting with chat. And generally, I'm staying above getting into the details or should we or should we not have as a country done whatever, whether you're looking like historically at war and wars that have taken place. 
that is not a subject I'm interested in having. That's not something that I am, I'm interested in covering as far as like trying to slice up and examine world history and decide what was right, what was wrong, who was right, who was wrong. I'm not interested in that. This this video is about when should these stories be told, how should they be told, and are video games a good medium for telling a historical story that is all that is that is controversial or at the very least somewhat disturbing or violent. So, video games depicting war and historical battles have been around since the dawn of shooters on the PC, from Call of Duty to Medal of Honor all the way to present day games like Battlefield releases. Games have attempted to take gamers to real places and fight in missions or battles that have actually taken place in history. Six Days in Fallujah was initially met with criticism back in 2009, okay? 2009 is when this all sort of started. It was planned to launch in 2010. Konami had expressed interest in publishing the game nine days after sort of the American news media uh, descended on this game, sort of criticizing it. Members of family, uh, you know, family members who had lost people in the battle were speaking out sort of against it. And Konami backed off, and subsequently the game was dead in the water. No one would touch it. It was too controversial at the time. Here we are, 2021, and it's launching. And is it still a controversy. I was it was actually brought to my attention just this morning there is a petition to stop this game from coming out which I have a personal and fundamental disagreement with and I'm going to try my best to walk through what I believe are standards for historical storytelling across all mediums. So first, when should a story be told? With respect to historical stories being told and events that are especially troubling or disturbing, the question has to be asked. When should a story like this be told? It's it's disturbing, it's troubling, it's, it's controversial. In general, my answer is another question. When should a story not be told? What measure or standard would we use to say this story is too disturbing, too troubling, to be retold? Okay? Whether you watch movies, read books, or play video games about the Holocaust, wars, genocide, or any other of the other host of awful things in humanity's history, it's all done from the perspective of conveying a vantage point or a unique view that we would not have otherwise. You know, if you watch Hotel Rwanda is an example. That's a movie about something awful that happened. I would never have known much about it. I would never have been able to see what it was like through an artistic sort of representation in a movie. So the difficulty becomes, you know, when then? Is there ever a point in time where something is out of bounds and should not be covered? We have movies depicting the sinking of the Titanic. We have movies depicting the Holocaust and other terrible things in the history of our of our world, okay? So I don't know how you would establish a standard of being like, this is a story that should not be told. So when? This is my answer. I think the most concise way to answer this question is a historical story should be told when it is meaningful or impactful within the scope of human history, okay? That pretty much covers everything. If it's meaningful or impactful within the scope of history, I believe it should be told. I believe we should look back and remember these things that have happened. The reason that I personally believe this is because to ignore or not tell the worst stories from the past is to pretend that they didn't happen. We cannot go back and sort of retroactively cleanse a nation or the Earth's history. Bad things happen, bad people exist, even good people make bad decisions, 
And those stories are, I think, worthy of being told. So that establishes when. Let's talk about how should they be told. Obviously, the first standard that most would admit should be well in place whenever telling a historical story is very simple. Accuracy, okay? The very act of telling a historical story necessitates doing it in the most accurate way possible within the medium chosen. So if you're doing like a radio voice acted telling or a book or a movie, TV series, whatever, within that medium, you have to do your best, I think, to tell it accurately. Now, this is where it gets a little dicey. This is where people will criticize and say elements are being omitted or elements are being shaded or or manipulated, twisted by bias. I don't know if that's ever completely avoidable. Every war in the history of the world is going to be told from one side. And to remain completely objective is probably impossible. Every time you've studied any of the things in our in our world's history, you have likely gotten a version of those events that gives you the sum of its parts, but at the same time doesn't give you necessarily the complete and full accurate picture. It's accurate to a point, okay? And within video games, you're going to have this. You're going to have artistic liberties taken to make something maybe more intense or more extreme. For example, in this game, Six Days in Fallujah, the areas will be randomly generated. Obviously, that wasn't happening in the real world, but it's their attempt to contextualize the experience of a soul of a marine not knowing what they're walking into they're wanting you to experience that as a player and i actually think from an artistic perspective that's the act of contextualizing the experience of the soldier in an accurate way while also sort of being inaccurate that's not the lay of the land or the or the or the buildings or whatever so there's there's an element of inaccuracy there in an effort to be accurate so this gets kind of messy and there's no objective way to look at it but if they are committed to accuracy then i would support the project second and this standard many would reasonably expect from a book, movie, or game that tells a historical story is be respectful, okay? This is a little bit more subjective, but I think it is fair to hold the author, director, or developer to a standard of respecting the story, persons, or facts pertaining to the story that they are using for their art. The very act and trust and sort of social contract of you using the story for a book, movie, game, whatever... I believe creates an imperative of a reasonable amount of respect. You won't be brazen or or cavalier. There needs to be a, a level of reverence when we are telling these stories. Men and women went over, fought and died. Accidents happen. Horrible things happen. And there should be a level of reverence and respect whenever telling uh, these stories. Lastly, and I know some people might think this is this is in the line of like accuracy, but I actually think this is different. This one is going to get some of the movies and games into trouble. Honesty. I believe if you're going to tell these stories, it needs to be done honestly. Historical events are messy. Lots of unpleasant things have happened and taken place. Many take issues with stories that don't paint one side as perfect and the other side as pure evil. The honest look is usually somewhere in between and it can make people uncomfortable. Whether you're telling a story from the perspective of a soldier that fought or a civilian, whatever. It's usually a lot more messy and a lot more gray than this side's perfectly holy and righteous and this side is not, okay? I know that that gets uncomfortable for people, but I do think honesty needs to be something that is that, that we strive for in the retelling of these stories because, I don't know, that's just, that's just kind of my take. How should these stories be told? Accurately, respectfully, and honestly. 
and I think they should always be told if they're impactful within the realm of human history. Lastly, are video games a good medium? Most of the criticism that comes from those who take aim at games like Six Days in Fallujah is that it trivializes what happened by putting it into a video game. The issue that this creates is that the video games are fun and movies and books are apparently not. This is a standard that doesn't feel consistent. Whether you watch a movie or a miniseries about a war, you are, at some level, being entertained by something terrible that happened. Okay, When you watched Saving Private Ryan or you watched um, you know, Band of Brothers... That's a piece of entertainment that you were able to consume and enjoy about something that was sober and awful. And the testimonies of the soldiers, I think, really added to the sobriety and the severity of it, which is one of the reasons I have respect for this project when those when those folks get involved. Ultimately, I respect the Marines, soldiers, and anybody else who assisted with Six Days in Fallujah, and they even said in one of the videos I watched, they feel like a video game is one of the best ways, not the best way, but one of the best ways to translate the chaos of war. Since I have never been in an active combat zone or war zone, I trust and respect their input and their thoughts on this. They have given input to the actual accuracy of the combat scenarios, as well as provided interviews to be included in the video game. The immersive nature of a game can, if done properly, give players a raw and honest insight into something that we as civilians know virtually nothing about. Obviously, movies and video games can tend to turn the player into an unstoppable hero, which can admittedly trivialize things. But given that soldiers from the actual events, given that Marines from the actual events in the battle in Fallujah assisted both with interviews and professional insight, I trust them and the developers with this story. If you disagree, or there's elements of the game that you feel are lacking, voice that criticism when it comes out, or don't support it or buy it, that's your choice. As always, we're going to move on to something else. If you're listening to this elsewhere, be sure to check out sntrlive.com.